It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What what is What's up? up? What is up? What is up? Yeah. Welcome in. It's jobbing out. Hang on. I always forget that I got to turn the music down when I get to this part. That's my fault. I'm trying to do too much. Welcome in. It is. Got to keep it up this week. Well, fair. I'm not opposed to that. You're not wrong. Uh, it's episode number... Real WWE champion. That's correct. He's 100%. And what an honor it must be for Drew McIntyre to be able to share a ring with him. Uh, it's episode number 2275 of Jobbing Out. Anyone? I got nothing. 2275. Brandon? Is that how long the Dustin Rhodes tag team match was? Oh, God. I didn't say 22-75 or 22. Oh, my, my bad. But 75 two, doesn't two, make sense. Two, two, yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't work. Right. That's a good point. 2275. Nothing, Aaron? You don't even want to venture a guess? I mean, how many titles R-Truth should have won by this well, point I don't disagree with that either, but this is not a made-up number. This is an actual is this number. Is like the cost of something? No, 2275, as in 2,275, yeah. which would, of course, be the number of days between matches for one Christian. Aha. His ah, previous match that's a good one. before Monday night. If, if you can call it that. Well, it technically counts as a match. Um, well, it was unsanctioned. Doesn't go in the record books. Well, it's not not according to the Internet Wrestling Database. It does. <laughs> uh, his previous match was on March 24th, 2014 on Monday Night Raw against three opponents. Anyone? Uh, probably, uh, let's see, 2014? Wait, help March me out. Was he a good guy or a bad guy? March 24th, 2014. He was had, it against the Shield? It was not against the Shield. It was, a, man man. It was a fatal four-way. It was not one on three. Oh, it was a fatal four-way. Well, it was against three opponents. That is correct. And I didn't say anything wrong. It's in a fatal four-way. Oh, boy. So it, it was on Raw? It was on Raw. So it probably would have... Balor? Not Finn 2014, no. no. Oh, no. 2014, 2014. Okay. Um, well, I was going to say, like, The Miz, Wade Barrett, and uh, Kofi. You went 0 for 3. I am so sorry. Brandon? Sheamus. Okay. Um, Bray Wyatt. Okay. And who's like a oh like uh god damn it Cesaro? You went one for three, so Brandon technically wins because he got one. <laughs> it was Sheamus. Sheamus was in the match. Uh, the other two uh, would be Dolph Ziggler and Alberto oh. Del Rio. Okay. So, so I should have thought of Ziggler because to me Ziggler and Sheamus like those are the two two of the people you just have to guess those like those 
people. You know yeah, what I mean? Multi-person uh, match in that in the mid card installs essentially. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so Kofi true. would have also fit that. Yeah, Kofi was a very good guess in my opinion. Uh, not a bad one. Not a bad one at all. I agree with that. All right. Uh, coming up on today's program, uh, we've been having some old friends come back into our lives recently. We had Steve Miggs on uh, recently, and we are going to have. Our buddy Kevin Eck from Ring of Honor uh, join us on this week's program. Uh, Kevin was the type that like refused. It's so funny. I would talk to Kevin about the idea of doing a podcast, and he'd be like, nah, I don't want to do that. Not interested. And then Ring of Honor said, Kevin, we're going to have you do a podcast. And he was like, okay, cool. I'll do it. <laughs> well, you are not Ring of Honor. I am not. That is the way it works. I am not Ring I, of I Honor. I also think what they are going to have him do and the reason why he doesn't want to do a podcast are probably two completely different things. Oh, I mean, he's, this is, you know, look, I have, and I, I apologize. I, I cannot say this. And we'll talk to him about it. I do believe that this is more part of programming, if you will. That it's the idea is that we're trying to advance things with Ring of Honor programming in other ways versus it being, hey, we want you to be a hardcore wrestling journalist and and trashing things, things along those lines. So, yes, I do think that's part of the story. But we'll talk to Kevin about that a little bit later on in the shoe. Um, before we do that, um, I guess, like, it's so funny because I was thinking about things that we needed to talk about this week. And I'm not kidding. I wrote out a whole list of things and completely forgotten the process that there was a pay-per-view this weekend. <laughs> that that seems that, hard to do. No, no, no. It says everything you need to know about Paybacklash, well, which true. is who the F cares. Well, come on. Um, we got the greatest match ever. That's true. We got the great. And by the way, it was totally fine. It was a fine match. It was, in fact. It was a very good match. A, I agree. It was a very good match. Um, and if you separate it from all the absurdity of, this is the greatest, then we would probably be coming on here today talking about what a great match it was. The problem is, because you played it up to such absurdity, like, it couldn't match that. And so ultimately, you sort of walk away from it like, yeah, that was a good match, but I was so annoyed by how much they did for it that, like, I can't even celebrate it for the great match that it was. Yeah, I, I tweeted out after the match that this was a very good match we can come back to later, but it's going to have a really complicated legacy, assuming it does have a legacy a few years. From oh, now. I don't think there's a chance of that. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance of it having a legacy. I, especially, probably not mainly because, but I, I do think that this was, again, without all of the craziness, this could be a match that we kind of would say at the end of the year. That's a match of the year candidate. Probably not a match of the year, but at least a candidate for match of the year. It, it, was it also should have been the WrestleMania match. I mean, well, yes, that too. All I was thinking the whole time is, why wasn't this the match they did at WrestleMania? Because that's what it felt like, and that was like the whole thing they were trying to push. I mean, the thing, I, I think I texted Aaron when the intro came on, because I, I was laughing so hard. It was like, Hogan, Andre, uh, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and The Rock. What was the other one? No, it was uh, Stone Cold and Michaels, and then it was Undertaker Triple H, which was yeah, and then it okay. was Edge Orton. Oh. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that, but it was a very good match. the The show was the show was pretty good overall. I thought with it one very thing that stood out for I me. Mean... Well, there's one thing that wasn't forgettable. <laughs> well, okay, hang on a second. Twofold. You think it was a very good show as a whole? It was it was a fine. Sh- it was a. I, I, that's, I would I would say that right. Like it was, it it was, was forgettable. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like a show that I'm like, oh, I can't. You know, this I want to watch it again. But I, 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 I didn't you sit said there it thinking right. it was a garbage show though. You you, you, know? you texted me something that I think pretty much hit it right. 
this was just a hyped up raw. Yeah, it was a very good raw. I mean, again, by the way, that is payback-lash. That's 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 yeah. the idea. Yeah. This is what we're dealing with. This is payback-lash season, which is like it's happening, but nobody actually cares that it's happening. And, for, and to a point, that's why it really didn't matter. They did all of the this is that that whole thing kind of didn't matter because you knew what you were getting. It's payback-lash, but it's only a negative because in context. What Aaron, to your point, could have been a really good match that we might have talked about. Otherwise, it's dismissible because it's too sideshowy, right? Like yeah. the whole thing is too much. We're like, okay, that was great, but it was like great in the context of I- I'm still annoyed by the whole thing. It had it's- it had to be great because it was the only thing they really had going. Like it was like, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like contrived great. It was right. great because they told us it was great and because they, they were forcing it to be great. Here's, right. here's kind of what here's kind of what I thought is that there were three aspects to this match. One of the aspects was truly great. The X's and O's of the match, the match within the bubble, was a really great match. The hype, the build to it, was a disaster. And that has to be taken into account. Just like uh, the, the one that pops into my head when I was thinking about it was, remember uh, WrestleMania 31, the Dean Ambrose-Brock Lesnar match? which was built up as this, like, hardcore... You had all the hardcore legends coming out and giving these weapons to Dean Ambrose, and they built it as, like, this was going to be this crazy hardcore match. And then it wasn't. And because it wasn't, that really hurt the match in a big way. So you have to take that again. And the other thing is all of the stuff they did with the crowd, which was at least jarring, if not bad. Yeah. That didn't bother me all that much. I got to tell you this. This was not nearly as bad as that Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose. I mean, that was just bad. Like this, but but the but what I understand I what you're trying to say is to comparing made, the, build the build to made the match. Yes, exactly. But like I think the build only made this worse because the build was absurd. Like the build to that was fine, and they just didn't do anything. Well, that's but, the point. Is they they built something they didn't give you. But they tried to do what they said. Yeah, like I think those are two different conversations. Like they didn't even try because Lesnar wouldn't do anything. Like that's a whole other thing. You know what I mean? Like. They did. They said that, and then Lesnar's like, I'm not doing any of that shit, and they just didn't. This was like, they tried to deliver what they said they were giving you. They just weren't capable of it, because what they said was so stupid and over the top that I don't, I, I'm not so sure if this was like Shawn Michaels versus Dolph Ziggler in their primes that you could have done what they were trying to tell you they were going to do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not so sure if this was AJ Styles. Like, I don't think it mattered who it was. I think because it's in a relevant pay-per-view with no stakes, and you just contrive this greatest match thing out of nowhere. I don't know who, who makes that work, you know? And these guys certainly aren't the ones. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly when you basically do one of the greatest matches I've seen on TV in months on Friday. Like, you can't do that and then do this and say this <laughs> is the greatest match. And, and we, we do all agree that that match was on Friday to make sure it wasn't on the same show as this right uh, potentially potentially <laughs> yes I, I i i don't know i still think that there is a factor as i talked about last week of what matters more to them the network shows versus yeah. you know right. getting things that, that that grab numbers and was this a fox thing where they were like hey if we're gonna do this it better be on fox because you know you guys have gotten your ass kicked for a few weeks i i, I still don't know exactly where that line is of those things but but if your argument is 
that you don't want to have them both at the same time because you're trying to build one as the greatest wrestling match of all time where the other thing might just be the best wrestling match we see in a really long time and everybody knows it because look at who the two performers are and so any match they do might just be a really great wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, I hear the argument for that. I certainly hear the argument for that being something that you're worried about. I Look, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of this. I guess the only real question is the thing that we talked about last week, which is what do you do now, right? If, if thrown out the window, <laughs> like that's the part that I, I, I don't know now what you can possibly do. Well, they're doing something. Oh, it's very they're, clear they're not abandoning it. They're definitely yeah. not abandoning it. They're definitely Un- unless do this was their way to get out of it. No, 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 no. How you would don't, that make sense? The story doesn't end with that. I mean, if you're, I mean, that doesn't you're, make any if sense. If you're Edge, you can't let the story end. As a character, you can't allow the story to end. Oh, that sure, way. but I mean, I'm talking about for now. But what does that mean for now? Like, but, I, I mean, Edge is what? Like, let's say we have a target date for Edge. Maybe the Rumble. Is like, that what? Is that what we think it is? Yeah, we're talking six it's to like eight, eight months. Eight, eight nine six months. Six to eight months. Yeah, yeah something like right. that. Well, here's 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 what I have to say about that. I don't think you do what you did Monday if that was the case because you had the end. The end was he beat him and he hurt him, and you could play off that. I don't think you need to beat up Christian to to put a bow on it. I think the bow was on it. You do what you did Monday because something else is coming in in the short term, I think. Okay, I don't know what that is in the short term. I, I, guess I don't know what. No, I mean like the next. Like the, I think what Aaron is saying is like this is kind of going to go dormant until Edge can come back, and I don't think you do what you did Monday if that were the case. Well, I think I think as you said, I think you said it kind of nicely. It puts a bow on it. It it's all right. What do you well, do with the Randy bow Orton? Was already on it though. Well, but it's the bow, and now even more. Like we all agree that was pretty good character work for Randy, especially at the very end after he punted i think this it's it's a bow for randy it's a all right this isn't just about edge he's now this truly sadistic you know we are proving this we're we're putting a bow on it there's one other thing you could do there and it i i feel like if you're doing that like if you're doing the thing you're saying which is that like okay we kind of need to pause this because edge is hurt and obviously it's going to come back around the other place where this is going is where we don't want it to go, which is him in the title picture. Because how much why do else would it? you? But why else would you tell the story? That, well, and him? that's what I'm saying. I think that it puts a bow on it to say, all right, he's done with Edge. He's done with everybody around Edge. He's sadistic. He has everybody praising him right now. So maybe we put him in the title okay, picture. But, now. but we need to talk. I'm about, fine with it. But, but hang I know on. a lot of people aren't. Hang on. We and, need we need to talk about the other problem with that though. Which is that I don't know. He's the, you can talk about how sadistic he is. You kind of have a Randy Orton problem right now. Yeah, he's going to be cheered. If the well, crowds, if, yeah, if there's crowds, the crowds aren't back. <laughs> he's the biggest face in the company. He's absolutely, obviously, he's killing it. Um, you know, on on oh, social media and the whole deal. But let's combine that with he's the most watchable thing you have. Who just put together a classic match and a wonderful program. And with Edge not around, I, I don't know what you do. That and, and by the way, unquestionably the biggest star on the show. 100%. I mean, yeah. Ed, Brandy Orton's the deal. He is professional wrestling at the moment, um, which is which is cool. It's it's weird. It's cool. I'm, I'm into it's it. It's nice to see. But the question becomes, do you try to run into that? Do you try to use that to your advantage, the fact that the entire world is in love with Randy Orton again, or... You've been telling the story with this character. Do you have to see that through? I, my gut would be that 
edge being removed should lead you to pivot. Obviously, Monday night would suggest that's not the case. I don't know which one is the smarter thing to do because, again, we're just still in this weird world without crowds, but I think we all know if there were crowds right now, it would be very difficult to really portray Randy Orton as being a heel without having edge to position him against. And eventually you're going to have a Drew McIntyre problem if all you can do is have him fight Bobby Lashley for weeks and weeks and weeks. Well, you're always like, going to have a Drew McIntyre you're, you're okay as long as that's what he's doing, but when he goes up against Randy Orton, when he goes up against you know anyone of that caliber, are you going to be able to keep him cheered the way you want? I, I think you, I mean, that's, why, that's why I'm doing it now. I'm I'm not worrying about the crowd because I I want to whatever you're going with here I'm doing it now. Well, you have to do that at Summers. I mean, you can't do that at Extreme Rules. That uh, that yeah, has I'm to not be doing like I'm not doing Summer. Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules. There's no chance of that. Yeah, um, you can't do that. I, I meant so, but I was thinking SummerSlam, unless of course Lesnar is involved, in which case you gotta have to pencil him in. But I would pencil him in over Lesnar. That's okay, sure. but I would I would say it's twofold. Like one, you were always gonna have a Drew McIntyre problem, which goes back to the bigger Drew McIntyre problem, which is that you never really told a full compelling story. The only story was the moment, right? Like the moment was here's this guy, and he's finally ca-. But once that was gone, what what is there? What's interesting about Drew McIntyre in any way? Like, he's just not compelling. He's not, he's not really an underdog. He was a guy whose story was compelling, but the story came to fruition, so it's lost. Um, it, I guess you can say, yes, you're positioning with Bobby Lashley, so that works, but the truth is it's, it doesn't work. It's just disinteresting. It's, it's wildly uninteresting. No one gives a shit. Um, it, it, except and, for MVP. And, yeah, <laughs> right. and, and add to it, add to all of what you just said with the fact that they have a – Guys with long hair and goatee problem. Well, there's because something there's to be said for that. Way too sure. many guys with, and, and I'm not talking about people like you and I that watch it every week. When you're trying to get people to tune in that watch every other week or watch, you know, um, once in a while or the tent pull shows like WrestleMania and SummerSlam, if they turn, if my brother turns on the show and he can't tell the difference between Seth Rollins, Andrade, Drew McIntyre, Phantasma, all of these guys that just and I know that people are big, people are small, but I'm just saying when you when you don't watch very much and you just see wet hair guy with a goatee, no, it starts to become t- particularly wrong. when they all wear black pants and stuff. No, you know? you're not, I'm not telling you you're wrong in any way. I, I I don't disagree with that, but it it causes a bigger problem. So, can you use this week to start to sow the seeds for a Drew flip and double flip with Randy Orton? In order to have Randy Orton be a face and Drew McIntyre be a heel going into SummerSlam? It's a lot to do with no crowd. And by the way, let's say you do that. There's a lot of other things you could do. I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of juice in that in that squeeze because then you can go further and get the Brock Randy match that I think we need to get <laughs> eventually with Randy as the face champion or whatever. You know, they can tell that story how Brock bludgeoned him at SummerSlam a few years ago. I mean, there's a lot there that isn't contrived, which I think they really need. Um, they need some. They need some of that Daniel Bryan magic. How he he always happens to be around a guy that has five years of backstory with. Here, like, here's here's the biggest problem with that though. If you're talking about a Randy flip, does Randy stay interesting if you turn him? Because Rand, Randy Orton has never right. been a compelling. You don't face. really want Randy Orton to be John Cena either. I don't disagree with that. Right? Like that's not interesting. That's not compelling. And having him be the hero or whatever is it something that you could do? in a very short-term capacity to to run into it, and without him being 
um, a caricature, right? Like, could Randy Orton just become the reasonable kind of everyman that, you know, is, is experiencing something and appreciating life? Like, is there a way that you can make that character more interesting without making it a complete sort of buffoonish cartoon? Like, can, or- can Orton be Kevin Owens? That's a great way of saying it. Absolutely. Can Randy Orton be Kevin Owens? Which I would... I, I don't know why he couldn't. Um, Except he's never shown the ability to do it before. But he's, we've never seen this. And he, he's definitely showing an ability to do a lot of things that I don't think we thought he could do. And, you know, he was on a podcast. I can't remember which one. And I was actually... This is months ago. And I was actually really impressed with everything that he had to say like it it gave me the idea that this guy gets it a lot more than i think we thought he did and he cares a lot more than i think people assume he does about little things like what we're talking about right now so i i think it's really exciting to see what he could be capable of in the next few months as you know back in the main event picture um i don't disagree with that i i still you know i i I, I don't know the perfect way that it works, right? I don't. I don't know that there's a perfect answer for it. Um, I constantly think you need to feel the moment, and there's a moment right now, and I think you need to feel it in some way. I don't know exactly what that moment is. Um, but I think that this is... We are we are in a Randy Orton moment, and 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 let's run with that, right? Let's, let's go with that. Let's celebrate it. Um, it's cool to have a Randy Orton moment, because for the most part, we all think highly of randy orton the performer like as everything we've been through with him for the most part we all believe that he is a truly good performer um who just hasn't necessarily shined in like particular ways that sort of differentiate him from other guys so i I just think you need to run into it as much as you can um name something else that you give a shit about from pay pay backlash um i mean there's one clear thing say that we should all give a shit about and that is the, what was it, the, the Viking Prophets? Oh, just because it was dope. Yeah, I mean, that the segment was dope. Right, I don't disagree with that. That's unfair. Like, it, I, I guess it's a give a shit about because it didn't end up being a match. Um, yes, that was dope as hell. That was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, I'm doing my Jim Roman. Pro- phenomenal. Uh, it was, so it was, it was I, When I was watching that, there was a moment where I was like, okay, like, we're going to get some bullshit thing. Because let's be very clear, like, the things that have been airing on Raw for the past few weeks, aside from maybe one or one and a half of them being pretty amusing, have been not good, um, in my opinion. Uh, and then this, when the motorcycles come in, a whole this turned into a whole other thing. Yeah, I, I think the first half, which was basically like your 2002 hardcore segment with, you know, kind of comedy aspects were not very comedic. I disagree. Yes. I, I don't know if it was that comedic. I thought it was great. I thought it was all yeah. of it was great. I thought the entire thing just looked cool, was presented well. I don't know that it was, you know, it wasn't slapstick comedy, but I thought it worked. It was very Anchorman. Like, I it, it felt like the, the fight scene in Anchorman. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 there's yeah. nothing wrong. I'm just saying, like, that's why I liked it. Like, yeah. I was sitting there, and when it was starting to develop, I was like, oh, like, they even took a couple of the lines where he's like, you know, oh, now he has a, you you have a golf club, and you have a bowling ball, and I was like, 
like when they were he killed doing a, that, he killed a man with a trident. Yeah, exactly. When they were doing that, I was like, oh, haha, someone watched Anchorman. And then the fucking motorcycles <laughs> pulled up and Tazawa got out with all the ninjas. And I was like, okay, I'm all in on that, on this. And then, and then I thought it was kind of over, and the giant ninja comes, <laughs> comes out. I mean, this like they had to keep doing this on Raw, and the the thing on Raw wasn't as good. But like, hopefully, somebody is in a room like getting creative and giving us a couple more of these because why not? Like these guys aren't. This is much better than playing golf and bowling and whatever the hell else they were doing every week. I can't tell if, in a weird way, I think it was better because of all of that, though. Like, I, oh yeah, like the work that like they did. As as, as much as yeah. sil- as silly as it was, was it necessary to make this cool? Right? Like, I I don't know. I don't know. Well, but because if gut they tell- had just done this without any of that, it wouldn't have made any sense. Right. Even more so. right. So, right. It, like in a weird way, it almost becomes like a necess- necessary evil in the process. Like, yeah, that was a bit much. But as it turns out. It laid the foundation for something that was really dope. Um, and they had all the callbacks with, like, when they would knock Ivar out or whatever, right, and he would have right. the the dream sequences or whatever when he was knocked out. That, like, it, I think you're right. It's like all of that worked where we were kind of like, what are they doing? This was like the masterpiece that showed us why we had to watch all that other crap. Um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the the sense that I got, and. I, I don't the, again. It, the problem is, it's really cool, but now what? And it just sort of led to like more convoluted mess on Monday night. <laughs> the big right? show, like, the big with, show's the one to remind them that they're wrestlers. Yeah, that that was that was really effing weird, dude. <laughs> like really <laughs> freaking weird. So, um, is it, it, and and just because of my ignorance, is that Baba Tunde? No, that's uh, Jordan, Jordan. Omega, the okay. former Morgan State and USF yes, basketball, basketball player. player. That's Jordan. All right. Uh, who we know that AJ is boys with. Do we know who the others are? I think they're just those are just I think they're just randoms, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and we presume this is them injecting Jordan into the main roster or, or is this just, No. Like I mean I think you, it's just the goofy stick. I think but, it's goofy but how stick do you, it'll, it'll, it'll run for a couple weeks and then they'll get rid of it and that's it. That's that's weird. I don't know how you stick a 7-foot dude randomly into something i'd struggle with that right like i get that it works for comedy sense that like you have one of your ninjas be a seven foot black guy like that that inherently that's supposed to be funny like i understand that but it's a little bit awkward to me to try to introduce somebody and then take them away that you're planning on introducing again at some point right like I- well, p- particularly when they do the actual match on monday and you see how little all those guys are yeah like that <laughs> like, one viking raider was like beating up three of them at the same time yeah i don't know <laughs> but don't but that's why i think this is going to be a this is going to be a 24 7 bit ultimately man I, I, maybe, maybe you're right about that, and that makes the most sense. I just, I would say that that's a mistake. That you shouldn't, you shouldn't have used him for that. Is what I would say. That that's 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 that. Like it, that's obviously somebody. You can't even do the bit where like down the if road they never reveal him. It's okay. Maybe, right? maybe, but it's it's so different. Those other two guys might actually be wrestlers, but you can you'll never know that they were in 20 years if they have successful careers. Like, it might come out at some point, but it's not the type of thing that, like, people will say forever. Never forget that this was this person. 
we're all going to know who that is. If if Jordan goes on to have any sort of a career, we're always going to say, never forget how stupid this thing was. And that's not the end of the world, right? Like Kane was Dr. Isaac. There's plenty, say, yeah. plenty of people have had B- those. Batista was Deacon Batista. Right. I just, I wouldn't do it that way. I, I don't think it's worth it. Or if you're going to do it for like Sunday night to try to make it, I wouldn't keep running into it at that point. I would sort of say, okay, let's separate this because... We really are, this guy does stand out. We really are introducing him without introducing him and sort of making him a character that he isn't. And that, I think, would would be just something that I would, I would not be in favor of that. Or once you do it, I'd be in favor of that being how you get him onto NXT or something along those lines, right? Like that you, that you say, okay, we've done this. We've introduced you to him. Um, Now, you know, he's going to go do work somewhere else, right? Like you maybe put... Tazawa into a cruiserweight title match or something like that, um, and that's how you get him onto NXT somehow. I don't know exactly the way that you would do it, but I, I would go about that route somehow. Um, okay, I have a list of other things that we needed to talk about. We did right. not get a chance last week to talk about Paul Heyman. No, we didn't. Um, I know that wrestling fans are losing their mind about it. And we probably are the last ones to get to talk about it because didn't it happen last Friday? And so it was like right yeah. after we had done the show. I am I'm trying to not be that guy, right? Like I'm trying to be the guy that says, one, how good really was Raw before <laughs> that's the, this moment? That's the big thing, yeah. Um, which doesn't mean that in my heart of hearts, I don't think Paul Heyman isn't a better option for this then it's sort of becoming Vince McMahon's baby once again. I just don't know. I, I don't know that the product that we had was so good that we need to clamor for that. I don't know how much, I hate saying that this is, I don't know how much worse it can get. Um, I, I don't have a correct, I don't have a, I guess it ends up coming to, I don't have a hot take. Like I get that all of us say anything that involves more Vince McMahon right now is a bad idea. And to some extent, there's probably truth to that. And this would probably be where AJ would jump in and remind us, you're talking about Vince McMahon, the guy that gave you everything you loved, right? Like, there's a, there's a line between those two things. I, I cannot get worked up about it because I don't think the product that we were getting would warrant, well, there's no way that you can make a change. And so I, I, I'm listening. I hear it. I, I'm just, uh, I, I can't be the guy to, to, to yell and scream about this at this point. I think you go back to the Redskins argument here. Like, okay, you're changing GMs or coaches or whatever. How mad can you really be about anything that guy did? Because ultimately didn't probably have as much control as anybody likes to think he did. And the product's not good anyway. Right. You're not talking. When you said you're talking about the Redskins thing, I was like, what, they're racist name. But then I realized, no, you were referring to the problem with the 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 ownership. ownership, You know, and and I think I want to take this metaphor. And I think if the people who are getting really worked up over it are, you know, they view this as, okay, Dan Snyder just fired all the GMs, fired the coaches, and he's doing everything himself. That would be the. That's why peop, some people are getting well, worked. My up argument is he always has. He always, always has, but at least there was the. You know, when Scott McLuhan was there, there was the thought that oh, maybe Scott McLuhan is doing some things. But my my so my take on that is that thought is not smart, and well, that, that might be true. 
and that I think that we fool ourselves. And I think everybody likes Paul Heyman when they heard he was in charge of the show. It was like, yay, Paul Heyman's in charge of the show. How much was he really in charge of the show? And I think, um, you know, two things. How much, we don't know. And B, the show's not that good. So I don't think, like, let's assume he was in charge of everything. Okay, well, then you got rid of someone who wasn't doing a very good job. And if he wasn't, then whatever change they're making doesn't matter all that much. So, like, I'm with Glenn. I'm not that worked up about it for those reasons. It's a tough spot. I mean, it it really is a tough spot because I I don't... And the the tough spot is the rumors about why. And, I mean, I don't even know if we want to get into some of that, but that's where it starts to get into bizarro... Well, feelings and opinions and conversations. The, the tough spot is that he was replaced with Pritchard. If it was somebody, if he had gone out and gotten, you know, whoever, just found a, a guy who we didn't know, you know, who had the reputation of just being the Vince Yes Man, I think the the thoughts right now would be very different. By it. It's not so much, oh my God, we hate that Paul Heyman was fired. It's the Bruce Pritchard was put in charge. I mean... Sure. I mean, I, I, and also the false narrative that like, hey, well, SmackDown has better ratings. Well, no kidding, it's on Fox. I mean, there's not really a much of an argument to be had when one shows on a, a major network and the other one's on cable. I mean, I don't disagree with that either. But I, you know, both shows have ratings problems. So like, I, I, I don't. I, but it was insinuated somewhere that like, well, SmackDown's ratings are stronger. It's like, okay, but like, uh, okay. not I by also, much. And I, but I also don't know what the measurement is that they're worried about, right? Like, I don't, exactly. I don't yeah, know yeah. if there's Fair. one particular measurement where they say, hey, this, there really is a tangible difference, and we could define things. I, I don't know. I really have no idea. Um, I, I, I will, I will eternally uh, come back to the Vince McMahon is. Once the XFL was gone, this was probably going to happen. What else is he going to do? And we know damn well that he's not just going away. Like, we, we know that. This is Vince McMahon we're talking about. Um, it's, it's why it's unsurprising that he is friends with Donald Trump, right? Like, this is the type of person he is. If, if you're going to choose to watch and like this product, you're going to be choosing to watch... A lot of things that Vince McMahon has his hands all over, that's the nature of the beast, right? Like, it's it's always going to be that way. Uh, if you're nervous about who that means is getting a push, well, like, for example, the word is that Paul Heyman was really behind the Drew McIntyre push. Well, didn't we all sit back and think that this was all about Vince McMahon anyway? Like, because he had once upon a time identified Drew McIntyre as being the guy? I, I just don't know how drastically different things are. I don't. I, I don't. I trust Paul Heyman's eye for talent. I trust his ability to get it out of the talent. And I, 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 don't, I don't know how to measure that or reconcile that with how bad the product had been of late. It's certainly not his fault they were in the midst of a pandemic. It's certainly not his fault that certain people weren't available. I, I, don't, I don't know how to measure any of this. I come away from it saying... I watched Raw last week. I'm going to watch Raw again. It wasn't particularly good. It wasn't particularly better. It wasn't particularly worse. Um, it probably got a few more eyeballs because Ric Flair was there. And I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the ratings even to see what ratings, the Ratings was. were the best since the post-mania Raw. I mean, I, if, they, if, they, if that's what it takes is and, that... 
And you know what? I, I do want to throw in. I actually thought that as far as the structure, I, I felt like this was a different Raw. It was a structure yeah. they hadn't used very much. And, you know, overwhelming. You know, I, I don't think it necessarily had a lot of juice going forward. But for a singular insulated Raw, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting how they kind of started the night off telling two stories. One with the Drew McIntyre R-Truth thing and one with the Christian Randy Orton. And you kind of weave the entire night around those two things going in and out of each other. I thought that was really clever. And that's also the way the show used to work when it was very good, too. Yeah. Back in the back in the back in the day, there'd be like one or two things that would be weaved through the whole show. I'm not saying those are like the, who we have is who we have, right? Right. Like, that's a whole other argument. But like the fact that they did that with who they have would, I mean, would suggest like because we also have to remember like everybody calls Pritchard a yes man and all this stuff. He was also there during like the biggest. The, the most successful era of wrestling. So there is that. Well, you know? Vince McMahon is responsible for every era of professional wrestling, <laughs> right? Like, um, I, 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 I don't well, know. My point, my point is he's been gone since 2009 until he came back. So like right. you could argue a lot of that stuff between 2000, you know, the I end of his, I don't his really know how much and like right after was pr- pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I don't know how much better 2006 to 2009 was, for example, than you know 2013 to 2016. I just well, right. And there's a yeah, yeah. There's there's stories behind that too. But I'm just saying, like, just to give you an idea, like he worked there, but Stephanie was kind of running things. Like when you know. Anyway. Um, uh, also on my list, I am, I am wildly, by the way, just to do so we handle it. Do we assume that this is, that this is not Christian, like wanting to be a performer again? This was just him filling a role for them in a one, yeah. one off situation. It's a band aid. I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, this is a, Oh God, you know, they clearly had, there was going to be a rubber match, whether it was at extreme rules or at SummerSlam. they kind of had to, you know, change things so they were like okay what can we do as a quick one week let's put a bow on it move uh i have absolutely nothing to say about the positive test situation i mean i, I just I, I have i have come around to the idea that i'm willing to admit that i don't know enough about any of this to think that i have the answers um i think everything concerns me but i do not know what the appropriate thing is for anyone to do in any of these circumstances so i've just gotten to the point where i've said i have no further i have no further opinion if you guys want to say something by all means i think wwe should be testing wrestlers i don't think we should be having situations where guys are getting to the arena finding out about tests and leaving like we supposedly found out with kevin owens here uh i think you know they should be testing every time they go into the building that's my opinion but as far as you know Oh my God! Is it terrible that they weren't wearing ma- the audience wasn't wearing masks? It's like uh, I don't know. I mean, you you get, I I don't I just I don't I don't have I I can't I have nothing to say. Brandon, do you have anything to say? I mean, just that Kevin Owens is staying home and that sucks. Yeah, that part is true. That part does suck. I don't disagree with that. Um, I also have no problem whatsoever with any performer that makes that type of decision. That's oh, I'm just saying it sucks because we don't get it to watch it. Us, I yes. actually 100% Correct. agree with what he's doing. Yeah, it sucks yeah. for us. <laughs> Those no are two different things. Question yeah. about that. Um, I am not, and so, so Aaron's scenario for NXT that finally sees Keith Lee it is totally plausible, and it might play out in the next couple of weeks. Of course, it would play out on regular TV, which makes you wonder. 
you know, if if that's really something they're going to do significantly with, um, or it might not be Keithley at all. All I know is I, there is never any sense or any logic in having a champion versus champion match. It's yep. stupid. Specifically, a champion versus champion winner takes all match. What in the fuck reason would there ever be to do something like that? It's dumb. It it's it's it. You're fighting against yourself when you do something like this. Um, I don't know what the end purpose is for what you're trying to accomplish, but there's a million different ways to get there. The way you shouldn't be getting there is by having two belts at stake because it means one of two things is happening, either a non-finish or you're taking one of your own championship belts out of the equation. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Being that it's on TV... Uh, I, I, my money's on a non-finish with Kerry and Cross involved somehow. Once it gets to the one-on-one match, um, yeah, I, this feels real weird. Uh, I, 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 I'm having, I'm having trouble with like what they did last week to how they explained it this week. And man, I just have to tell you, like, this is something that's been something that's been bothering me for a while. Whatever they're doing with Finn Balor's character needs to change. The, the, like the, the, the point is, they're not doing anything with. They don't know what they're no, doing. No, they're Finn doing Balor's this character. thing where he's like this, like he's saying all you know, calling people marks and talking about shooting. Oh, you and, mean that specifically? Okay. Ugh! Like if that's what they're gonna do with him, like somebody needs to talk to someone and tell them not to because that is bad. I mean, and it's even. I don't even. I just have to say, it's even worse because of his accent and his voice and stuff. <laughs> like, it sounds so, like, uh, sticky. You know, like, uh, I don't know. It's When he started calling everybody Marks in the promo this week, it just reminded me of him saying, you know, if you come after the guy, you get the push. And, and remember he said that whenever Damian Priest attacked him? Like, you're going to get a big push because you're coming after the guy and I'm going to shoot on you. And I don't know. The, that's uh don't do that with him please i and, and i i generally agree minus the I, I don't the accent thing doesn't bother me but yes i agree that well no the accent doesn't bother me normally but when it's hit him his voice saying that it just made it so much worse. oh you bunch of marks out here I, i'm just like <laughs> oh my god like and and uh the gargano thing is continue like i liked it when they first did it and now i don't know how it can continue because it feels tired already um to me this is just keith lee getting a big victory right and and us getting the keith lee adam cole match Uh, but but okay so they do that they're not gonna have a finish what did that accomplish right and and that's the so I agree with you that this is a stupid scenario. I, I don't think it can never work because we've seen in the past a few times where usually it's a situation where the mid-card champion, you know, had aspirations and, and you've always kind of linked the two together. But in this case, like, 
Keith Lee and Adam Cole really haven't been linked together all that much. No, you forced so, it. You forced, here's the thing. You forced well, that's it. That's not even the part that bothers me. Like, because that makes sense for the mid-card champion to want to be the champion. Right. The part it's that's weird else. and contrived is where everybody else is like, I want the North American title. Right. And and that's the thing. Finn <laughs> Balor should not really care about the North American title that much. I, I don't understand that aspect. Uh, hang on. They've actually, and, that's the one part they've probably done the best job with, which is... Because he's never held Right. It. There is right. a compelling but, reason but just for Finn one line, I don't think... It, it's it doesn't hit. They explained it, but the ex- explanation doesn't hit to me. I disagree with that. I absolutely yeah. think that when when you like as a as somebody that you can tick off accomplishments to be able to say that there's one other accomplishment that I never had. I I wholly think that that actually is a compelling story. Now, what it doesn't explain is why he went right from that to suddenly be obsessed with being a, a double champ, right? Like if everybody's obsessed with being a champ, champ, why aren't they always obsessed with it? Why is it that they're suddenly obsessed with it this week, but weren't obsessed with it three weeks ago and won't be obsessed with it three weeks from now? They suddenly specifically care about having two belts, something that none of them have ever talked about before. That's stupid. Yeah, because this is what we always talk about, which is that they were like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to do this match? How do we justify it? And it was so contra- like like whenever the thing started to develop, I was like, oh, okay, so they're all gonna fight each other and fight Adam Cole for both belts, like, but uh, you know, it's like why why Finn Balor would come out with everybody in the ring. Now, this is where I'm gonna agree with Aaron a little bit. While it makes sense in its totality, the fact that he came out and made a beeline for Keith Lee with all of those other guys out there is weird. Like, well, uh, but again, they did it for that weird reason, which is we, I mean, all of this is so fucking weird. It's so fucking yeah. weird. It's bad. It's all bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And this is what happens when you abandon the story that you've been telling for a year and you have nothing. You just sort of say, well, the hell with it. We got a bunch of people. We'll figure it out from there. It's shit. It's shit. Did somebody and, else start writing NXT for like the past three weeks? God, it, it feels like a way well, different here's, show. Here's what it feels like to me. And this is, I don't think it's good, but at least it would get to, you know, the point that it feels like they might be trying to get to. If this is all about them taking a look at Karrion Cross and saying, oh my God, we want this to be the guy. And he's about to go over all of those guys. I hate it, but at least I can say, Oh, okay. I can see why they're, you know, how they got there, even if I hate why they're getting there. I mean, what's your what's your order for that? I mean, he's just he's going. Maybe you know, shoot. Maybe he comes out in the North American title match as revenge for you know Keith Lee and so breaking and his hourglass. So how he's going. How dare to, you break the hourglass? Yeah. So it's like right. he he gets involved in that match. Maybe you have a fatal four way for the title for you know in the double title. He gets rid of all of those guys. So that has no fit. Basically, it's Karrion Cross going over all of them. I don't I like mean, it, but <laughs> I sure as hell don't like that. <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't like that in any way. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what else to say other than I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I but really at least, you know, like if, if you want to say, okay, your goal is you want to make Karrion Cross the biggest badass on the planet, you can almost see where the gears start moving towards there. Man, but it's it's but you're 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 pissing on yourself in the process. Yes. Like everything that you've done, all of these performers that you put work into, everything it, nothing matters because we've got Karrion Cross now, right? Which like at at that point, I, I I don't know what 
Like, what do you do from there? We, you were just complaining about how we we had uh, Charlotte Flair run through the women's division and left it no. Right. Like, like we. There's nothing to be said when you do something like this. It, I, 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 I don't know how many times different ways I can say I think that's bad, but it's all bad. All of this is yeah. bad. This so, is and and now instead of Charlotte Flair being on every show, it's Bailey and Sasha. Well, I don't have nearly as much of a problem with that because it actually works for the concept. The concept was that they were supposed to be def- like those belts were supposed to be on every show. Um, which was logical because we all could look and say there's only so many women's tag teams. You can't have a specific women's tag team division. Like it, that, that's the way it's supposed to they, work. They promised that back last February that they would go on NXT, yeah. and this is the first time. They've yeah, the, the only on issue well, is they well, haven't done it until okay, now. Okay, okay, but they they've said that the, the the titles can be defended on any show, but now it's turned into the champions can go on every show and talk for 25 minutes and do whatever they want. Well, I mean, they did set up a title match. <laughs> like, it's not as if there wasn't a title match. <laughs> they they did. But, like, wouldn't challengers challenge the champions instead of the champions? Like, it's it's well, a no, little... they, they've been they've been going around to celebrate that they're the best, and so they're setting okay. up the challengers. And, by the way, the fact that EO got over on both of them is probably more over than anyone got on Charlotte in the past few months. Yeah, it's not. There's a there's a real argument for that. That, that was the, the best. But is EO, is EO going to get a partner and but go for the Bring back the Sky pack? Pirates. I mean, I, I don't have a yeah, problem. Kyrie Sane's not doing anything else. I don't have yeah. a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, you know, I, whatever. Whatever. I got nothing else to say about that. I got nothing else to say about it. Um, Damien Priest, is he just going to turn heel and face every week? I, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't but know. at least at least our boy got some screen time. I, that that did make me laugh. The uh, the good grimes in the background like that. It's... Hey priest, can I call you Uber? <laughs> I did. I did enjoy that. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed that too. I did enjoy that. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about Dynamite. Um, look, I think we've all been wildly in favor of Jericho and Orange Cassidy. So you know, you keep getting towards that. Uh, at least this week's show was not built around Cody Rhodes, but. They still went out of their way to call it a co-main event, didn't they? Um, I, no, the main, the other main event was I thought was the tag team. It title. was. Yeah, they it did. Was. It, the it was. It wasn't the, the Cody match. match. No, they referred it was, to the, it was the no, gold dust match. No, they referred to the Cody match as being a co-main event no, no, during they didn't. the match. It was no. the tag title match at the beginning of the show, and it was the Jericho no, go match back, at the end. Of the go show. back and listen during the Cody match, and don't forget our other main event coming up tonight. Because the other match had already happened. I mean, you're going a long way to try to make they that seem like that's the They case. said at the, the beginning match. of the night, this is one yeah. of our main yeah. events. We're, we're starting and ending. Glenn, uh, I am on your ship. Uh, uh, Trust uh, me. Uh, I'm, uh, but it's just not what they did. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. You can't call Cody Rhodes versus some I, you, guy that no one knows. Oh, oh you event. can't, Brandon? You can't? Do you believe that you can't? Or maybe you could and you just <laughs> shouldn't. I mean, it was it was definitely the least known of any of his opponents that well, he's had. So. But that was intense. I actually liked that the fact that you know it there's was nothing some... wrong with it. I'm just saying, like, yeah, no, there if, is. If they would have called that a main, a main event. It there, would have been a double there, sin. There is something wrong with that. I mean, there is. There is something wrong with that. What's wrong with that is again, what is the point of any of this? Like, the point of all of this is just we want you to think that Cody's the biggest baby face of all time. Whereas anybody with a brain would say. You're defending the belt against nothing. You're defending the belt against what, what's the benefit? Who benefits here? I, now, I will say I, I'm this: not, I'm they, not, I'm just did, they teased his heel turn. 
Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, they, they in fairness, they've done a lot of that over the, the last few months. They've but, done I mean, a- they basically said, I'm not in the elite anymore. I'm turning. I'm starting a new four horsemen. Yeah, he kind I, of alluded I think, to that. I, I certainly look. They, they did what he did was not very face like, right? Like, you know, what's the deal with the elite? Which again goes back to why it was so stupid that the elite won that match because they're not a fucking thing. But I'm not. I'm not as certain of that as you guys are. I'm not nearly as certain of that happening as 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 you guys are. I, 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 I'd say I hope. I'm not really sure. I'm. Th- th- there has been so much damage done here. I don't know what I want from the Cody character anymore. What I really want is it to disappear for a little while. Um, I, I will tell entirely. you this. I, I will complain about one thing. Uh, the, the show is fine. Um, the Britt Baker bit was amazing. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I do agree. Britt with that. Baker continues to be great. The match at the beginning of the night. Okay. I, why wasn't that a seven-minute destroying match? Like, why is Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall... Brandon. First of all, why do they get a title why, shot? Why is, why is Dustin going 15 minutes with Brandon. Lance Archer? I mean, that this this can't... This, this is worse than the Cody thing, in my opinion, is the people that are touching him that get this. Because at least, at least they're framing Cody as, like, a main star of the show. Like these guys going twenty minutes with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page but is it's ridiculous. The same well, thing. Fair, I mean, Kenny Omega literally had a ten minute match or twelve minute match against a jobber a few weeks ago. Like <laughs> yeah, th- 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 that, this that is, was ridiculous. Too. Well, this this is less. I feel like this is less about you know Dustin and QT Marshall as much as it is about for whatever reason they're against squash matches. Like the, the dude that looks like the Annapolis high school football coach is kicking out of V triggers and stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying is for whatever reason, they're, they don't want to do squash matches. Like, I think Kenny had said it at one point and said, you know, I'm trying to put on good matches, which again, doesn't make well, any well, sense. Well, let me ask you a question. Well, I guess matches... they save those for dark because did you see the, the um, ticker at the bottom? I, I like that they're doing that. Now, yeah, I like way. that too, by the way. I was in, on board with yeah. the ticker. But how long is dark? I want to ask you that. I don't know. I've never watched. I've never there watched. There was 11 matches. 11. I counted yeah. them. I, were they I all? Were they all from? Wait, show. were they all from this week, or were they like? It just said dark results. results. I so know. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, I don't know if all of those were from this week or not. Um, I look if they, if they're against squash matches, then they need to make legitimate matches, right? Like you just you can't do this. You can't do this. Yeah, but it's all part of the bigger problem. There's no reason why why Dustin and QT Marshall should be in this position at all. It's terrible. You're not telling a functional story. It definitely feels more significantly like you're trying to keep brandy significant somehow um I, that doesn't work either that's it's bad it's bad it's bad it's bad it's bad um it's particularly bad when your tag team division is so fucking loaded and you have so much good there and you're sort of forced to leave some of it behind somehow um because you're doing this i I got and, and add and add to the fact that the tag team champions, though I love those guys, aren't a tag team. And I was a little concerned because I know we're getting Jericho um, Cassidy, but I was a little concerned that we weren't going to get it immediately, and that they were going to give them the title, the tag title shot. And it's like we keep getting these tag teams that aren't tag teams, despite the fact that they have a million tag teams. Uh, that is true too. 
That is and a- I don't count Dustin and QT. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's not a real tag team, P- particularly whenever he just forgets he's in a tag team for four weeks so he can be in a tournament. Right? No, they're not. To, they're not to, a real to tag me, team. it it feels like I mean, right now, and again, this is a problem with a lot of different tag pictures right now. Is that you know the whole page omega thing is we're just waiting for the two to split up we're waiting for that moment we're waiting for the tag champions to become singles wrestlers again and they're doing the exact same thing in wwe to your right. credit like a, the, a, the yeah like this tag, this yeah. isn't an aew thing this is a wrestling thing for whatever reason they they're obsessed with this thing of using tag as a prop for a singles feud and we're waiting for it and to be fair when those two part it should be a big moment and i think that that might be the problem is They've wanted to do it by now, but they might be waiting for the crowd. But at some point, you have to rip that Band-Aid off. I can, I just... can feel Glenn destroying his office right now hearing that, though. Yeah. <laughs> this, 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 but but, but is that what we're waiting for a moment? Is that what it feels like, though? But we're obsessed with this concept of waiting for a moment. Like, for fuck's sake, either do programming or don't. Like, shut the fuck up with this. This is, this is the same thing as the, the – like, stop it. The, the, this notion that you're going to create a moment, either we're just saying none of this matters, and then what are you doing, or just do it already. I think do the it. reason why it bothers me more here to be a broken record is because we know what WWE does with the tag. Like They're a dumpster fire in the tag team division, have been, always will be. This was supposed to not be that, right? Like, this was, they were waving the flag of, we have the best tag division in all of wrestling. We're going to take tag team. Like, they literally have tag teams that signed with them because of this issue. And this is what they're doing. It's, I mean, I do get the feeling, to Aaron's credit, that it's going to be over soon. But they're still doing it. And it's not the only solution, as I pointed out. Like, they still need to think about a trios thing. There's a lot of things they need to think about figuring out, coming out of all of this to, to handle everything. And, and again, part of the problem now is you're burying your mid-card because your mid-card title is being held by someone who's, one, completely untouchable, and, two, defending it against jobbers. Like, you're, you're, you're not building that the right way. Yes, you're going to get a Jake Hager match, and I, I would like to hope... Uh that Jake Hager goes over, right? Like, I'd like to think that, but it's not going to happen. And so what then? Like, <laughs> Aaron, that was great. Oh, it, Good I mean, timing there Aaron, Aaron knows. Aaron knows it's not happening. Um, so now what? Now what are we doing? Like, I what? mean, it, it feels like this is the plate that is being warmed for MJF. It really does. But MJF should be winning the championship. Like, Eventually. M- MJ- but but undefeated. Like, yeah, M- you, MJF you should not be... You this to him on the way. You say that, but MJF to. shouldn't have to face Cody again. He's over Cody. He beat Cody. Except Wh- that he keeps cutting promos on him. Which is because they want Cody to be the center of the universe. But that's like, what I'm saying. So it makes sense if... You, if, if okay, let's say the MJF argument... MJF should, should be beating Dean Ambrose. Keep talking for a second. John Moxley at All Out. That's okay. what should be happening. MJF should be winning, and which means there's no time for him to win the TNT title along the way. Okay, but but you you not everybody can just go with because then what? Like th- there's a lot of time. We've got like the, the the rest of time for these guys, especially people who are what twenty three years old, um, particularly in a promotion that has four pay per views a year. That's not like you know th- they're not going to switch the title like WWE does. They're just not. I, and I think they've shown us that. You know how long did Jericho have it? A year. 
No, Almost had sure? it for six months, seven months. And then Moxley by All Out will have had held it for seven months about. Okay. So that's a year with two guys. Yeah. So at what point if if he if he wins, then who who beats him? Like you know, like I, I just think that we sort of think of these things in a vacuum sometimes and like you know, if you re- if you believe reports or interviews that were done around Moxley, like he was told when he was signed when he was winning the title. So they know, right? They probably know who the next champion is. Um, I don't think there's any harm in giving one of these guys, you know, if you let him beat Cody, it was Cody of one loss in the whole company. I think they put his record up and he was whatever and one. So it's a valuable win. And then if he's MV- MJF, couldn't he just say, I don't want this piece of shit and throw it away? And and I, I'm gonna go for the world title, and they could have another you, tournament. You don't, you don't want to do that with the TNT title this early, though. I, I know it's, a, I know it's, a, I know it's MJF, and you can write it off yeah, as oh he's exactly. a heel. But I, you don't want to put that into people's heads that it's a belt that people don't want. Um, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I, I and and by the way, the the convoluted the mid card issue is also factored in by the fact that like you don't really have a championship picture. Like you're you've made your champion completely irrelevant and almost non-existent. And particularly and, the women's champion. I mean, well, the, both of them. I was gonna say. I mean, like yeah, the women's champion too. But particularly the champion of your company, you have just made it's it's wildly irrelevant. It's just um, a round robin uh, challenging system. Whoever comes into the company gets yeah, the next shot. Sort of, and then you don't really do all that much with it. It just kind of exists. It's it's sort of a nothing. So that's where we are. All right, guys, we've been uh, we've been checking back in with some friends of ours of late, and someone that we've known for a long time, one of our favorite people, and now he's gotten into the podcasting world himself, which uh, he had sworn he was never gonna do. He said, "I'm not gonna be that guy." He's that guy now. The ROH Strong Podcast, of course, uh, is what he hosts with Ring of Honor. It's a pleasure to welcome back in our friend, Mr. Kevin Eck, who joins us on Jobbing Out. Kevin, what's going on, brother? You're a liar. You said you wouldn't be a podcaster. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Glenn. But, man, you're the only person who actually listens to anything I ever say. <laughs> I can't can't believe you remembered that I said that. But, yeah, I, I always said, look, people always said to me, why don't you do a wrestling podcast? Everybody does a wrestling podcast. And I said, yes, that's why I'm not going to do one. What could I possibly do that isn't being done? Um, but I tell you what, the opportunity came up. I've been working with Ring of Honor for about four years now, and – I just thought, you know what? It really came up during the this this whole pandemic that we're involved in because ROH stopped running shows in February, but we still needed to produce content. Um, and one of the things I pitched was, all right, let's let's do a podcast. And so that's really how it began is is we were looking for other ways to generate content while we're, you know, sort of on hiatus. And, and I feel like, and we were talking about this actually at the start of the show, I feel like it makes it maybe all that much more important right now because you, you do still need to develop things and, and having an outlet for, for people to get to know performers and you know push things ahead. And while you're not doing shows, this is, this is about what you got. Yeah, it, it really has been... You know, I know it's a cliche to say, but it's been a blessing in disguise in many ways because had we not had this void that we had to fill with content, we wouldn't probably have the, the podcast right now. 
Uh, I started a series called Word of Honor, uh, which was basically based off the Players' Tribune idea, which was long-form articles written by ROH talent themselves. Uh, we started that. We've done two articles so far, one by Matt Taven, one by PJ Black, completely written by them. Uh, you know, we started doing more with uh, content on YouTube. We bumped up our YouTube content and things on Zoom. We've got the Bouncers have a show now on Zoom uh, called Happy Hour. Silas Young and Josh Woods have a show, I believe they do on Facebook Live, Two Guys, One Show. Uh, you know, we've got all kinds of other, you know, and there's a bunch of other things too that I, I, you know, can't even mention. There's too many to name. A lot of things in the pipeline still. You know, obviously we would love to start running events again, but it's really been creatively fulfilling with, you know, just basically having a blank canvas and saying, you know, canvas, obviously that works with the wrestling analogy. Not bad, but, not bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, let, let's, you know, we have to generate content. What can we come up with? You know, I guess, and how much do you kind of envision this? Are you guys, are you working with some of the others being like, all right, look, here's what we want to do. We want to get out of the gate hot. So let's set up some things here. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's that's the idea. That was totally the idea. And, um, you know, it's like I said, it's it's great that, you know, some of these things will continue on like the ROH strong podcast is is going to live on, hopefully, you know, in perpetuity now. It's not going to end just once we uh, start running live shows again. What, oh, it's Kevin Eck is with us again. The podcast is ROH strong and it's available. You can go to ROHwrestling.com and, of course, uh, check it out there. Kevin, is the idea for the podcast to be, you know, revealing looks or is the idea to be more character driven to push towards things that you guys might do down the road? That's a great question. And I can tell you when I pitched the idea for the podcast, the one thing I insisted on is it has to be a shoot podcast because my feeling is, look, we never break kayfabe on the website everything is 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 written you know it's all storyline and character stuff but i thought for the podcast no one is going to listen to an hour-long show of people in character i just don't think they will especially when there's so many uh podcasts out there that that pull the curtain back and you know i think we needed to get into that that business so that's what we do it is uh a shoot interview and that's what it you know do we have a few character things here and there yes uh we had dan Housen. I'm, i don't know if yes. you guys we really, love we, dan Housen. Uh, dan Housen, quote unquote crashed the most recent episode that we just did it'll drop on monday um you know he broke into the podcast at the end and we did 10 minutes with dan Housen. so obviously that's all in character stuff we've had a few other things we shot an angle with uh matt taven and and vincent but it, it it's going to be 90 to 95 percent uh a shoot all right i'm so definitely talking about your podcast and dan Housen in particular made me bring up this speaking of ring of honor we just saw a tweet drop yesterday possibility ec3 to roh and and kind of uh could that take place on the podcast if there are no shows mm. Mm. well it's funny I, I i saw that as well and i'm i'm shooting with you here that surprised me because uh i've known ec3 since back in the wwe wwe days i knew him as Derek bateman mm. you know it's like 
uh, and we became friends, you know, 10 years ago. I mean, he was in my fantasy football league at one point uh, after I left WWE. Well, I'm, I'm so, so insanely <laughs> jealous I don't have the words to describe that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was, I was shocked. And um, I could just tell you this is I texted him and I said, dude, are we going to be working together soon? And he said, it's an option, but there are also other options. And, uh, you know, I really don't know right now. So that's the best. I can only tell you what he told me. And I know Impact has also been teasing him. So, you know, I, do you guys remember when Cody first left WWE? He worked everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. He did ROH. He did TNA. He did, I think, Evolve. He was he everywhere. Evolve, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, I'm just wondering if maybe EC3 has a, a similar plan in mind. That's interesting, right? Where he just sort of says, like, I'm, I'm at a place where I can kind of dictate my own terms and yep. this is what I want to do and, and, and what company would tell me I couldn't do something like that right now. I I mean, I'd be on board. It'd be exciting. And so, by more, the way... More EC3 is good. 100%. Also, how great would he be with the Ring of Honor roster right now? Like, how oh, great oh would that introduction be at the moment? to inject him to what you guys are doing. Like, it would no, be perfect. No question. No question. Look, I I just told you I, I knew him back as Derek Bateman. And I'll be honest with you. I saw him as, like, the next coming of Santino Morella because Derek Bateman was a comedy guy. Yeah. And you know, that he was kind of this cornball character or whatever, but he was good at it. And, and that's a... It's not for everybody, but it's a role you could look. Santino Morella ran with that for years. You can have a very nice career and make a very nice living playing that role. Not everyone can be the world champion, and that's what I thought Derek Bateman was going to be. But after he left and transformed himself into EC3, I was like, wow! Like I knew he was a talented guy, but he actually can be a top guy. He can be a world champion. I think he's proven that. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but WWE doesn't see it. Like they had a second chance with him, uh, and they blew it. You know, you, you know, know, you know, like they blew it. Kevin. You know, they got a, a similar situation to Drew McIntyre. They got a second chance, and boom, they they shot him to the moon where he belongs. Right, WWE champion or Universal champion, whatever. I'm not. I, I've lost track of which belt is which at this point. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so of the rest of us, that's fine. Yeah, I've really. I'll be honest. You know, and I'm not saying this to. Uh, badmouth WWE or anything like that. I stopped watching over a year ago because I just lost interest. I canceled my WWE Network subscription. I, I stopped watching after WrestleMania from like 2019, and I, I just I and you know I read the recaps and I look at stuff online every now and then. I, I really don't feel like I'm missing anything. There's I've seen nothing that's enticed me to want to watch again. And oh. even as much as I, you know, I love Drew McIntyre. He's another guy that I consider a friend, and I'm happy that he got to this point because he deserves it, and I know how much it means to him. But even Drew getting a run with the title is not enough to make me want to spend three hours of Monday night watching it. I wish I could tell you that you were wrong, but of late, uh, <laughs> it's been accurate. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Eck is with us. By the way, he's the WWE champion for what it's worth. That's, okay. that's the you. belt that he has. I, th I think there's like there's weeks where we're like, God damn it, how much wrestling do we have to watch before oh, the show? Oh, it's Shit. such a chore, dude. It's such a chore to have to watch all of it. Um, it is, and that's, that's, that's the realization I came to was I'm not doing it for enjoyment anymore. I'm doing it for a chore. And, uh, Glenn, when I was working for uh, yeah. Pressbox yeah, and doing yeah. the hot tag, yep. as soon as I stopped doing it and i was like wait a minute i don't have to watch the show every week 
any or these shows i should say every week do i really want to continue watching like is this how i does do i get that much enjoyment out of it and i just stopped watching and I, like i said I, I really haven't missed it and the god's honest truth is the only show i watch is ring of honor and i'd like to believe i'd be a fan of ring of honor anyway if i didn't work there um but i just i really don't have look i bet i hear aew's doing great things but i'll, I'll come clean on that i would watch it but it still hurts too much for me as a Ring of Honor guy mm-hmm. to see Cody and the Bucks and Hangman Page and those guys. Like I wish them all the best, and I think they're doing. They're probably doing great things, but it just kind of hurts still. It's like that ex girlfriend. I get you know? it. Like I get it. I want her to be happy, but I don't necessarily want to see it. Right, right. I don't want to watch her make out with the you know right. the other dude right. in, in front of my car or something like that. I hear you. <laughs> um, Kevin Eck is with us. The ROH Strong Podcast. Um, I, let me let me because you brought it up. I want to go down this road for a second with you because, in fairness, I know that Aaron and I are bigger EC three guys than say Brandon is. Um, and Brandon's admitted like he didn't really know the EC three from Impact before. But I mean, like I I've spent time on this show screaming about. I am so just befuddled by how someone could fuck up EC three. <laughs> like, how is that possible? Like it, you're you're being handed the most obvious thing that you can possibly ask for. How could you possibly screw that up? Um, and it led us to inevitably saying, "Is it as simple as, for example, Drew McIntyre? It's easier for them to come around on because hey, that was kind of always our guy, right? Like th- this is the guy that we were in love with to begin with, and it just sort of all kind of worked out in the end." where I can't help but wonder if perhaps part of the story on how you could fuck up EC3 is ultimately saying this this truly, like, we didn't make him a star. His story was briefly with us, but really about someone else. So we almost purposely don't give a shit, and we're not going to try. Because I I, I really struggle with how else you could screw this up. It's It's gold that's handed to you. You have to go out of your way to not make EC3 work. I do think there is some validity to the notion that we didn't create the EC3 character, so we're not going to push the EC3 character. I think there is definitely something to that. But I just think that the simpler answer is Vince, you know, Vince may wake up one day and just look at you and decide, you know what, I don't see anything in this guy. And it could be one thing that he that EC3 either did or didn't do or just something that that Vince didn't care for and that's it like it's really that simple that he will lose interest in you very quickly i remember fandango right when johnny curtis became fandango vince loved that character he personally worked very closely with fandango to uh, with how he cut his promos and, you know, the entrance. He put so much time into it. And if you'll remember, Fandango beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania yep. in his first match. Yeah. In his first match, Vince had big plans for Fandango. And then somewhere along the, you know, I don't know what happened. And I was there at the time. I don't know. But at some point, Vince soured on him. And that was that. Well, the the first thing that happened was he was going to win the Intercontinental title and he got hurt. And then he just never recovered from that. Like when he came back from his injury, it was like no one cared about him anymore. It was yep. very weird. Oh, I I don't know how that happens with EC3. I just don't know how that can possibly happen with EC3. And, and it's even weirder with EC3 because EC3 
didn't even get a good shot at NXT. No. Like, even like there are guys that got at least the shot at NXT and then they did nothing with them on Raw or SmackDown. But it was weird to me. Yeah, he had like that a decent program with Patrick and and. That. But he was even a, a basic, basically a mid Carter on NXT, yeah. which is yeah. kind of weird for someone of that caliber of what he had behind him when he came in. Well, it is. It's crazy. I mean, he looks like a million bucks. Uh, he's got to me. He's got the it factor. He cuts a great promo. I mean that. Just the, the promo that he put out where uh, he was talking about Honor, the, the video yeah. that you guys are talking yeah. about. I, I mean, I couldn't have, you know, I, I was a WWE writer. I couldn't have written a promo that good. Like, you know, and I think that was all him. I mean, he's coming up with this stuff on his own. He has reinvented himself. After he got released, he got a new look, cut his hair, he grew, uh, you know, has a goatee, and he's playing this, uh, he's got a harder edge to him. And that's all him. We got to talk. You know, yeah, go ahead, uh, Aaron. No, I was going to say, we were talking earlier, and, and you mentioned being a former WWE writer, and we were talking about the shakeup on Raw and the departure of Heyman as as lead booker. And just for people who don't know, kind of what, you know, not necessarily specifics, but like what would a change at the top of the writer's room do? Well, I saw a few changes there at the top, and it doesn't really do anything to be honest with you because we had a saying there and i've probably said it to you guys before is that it doesn't matter how many writers there are and at one point when i was there we had 26 writers that at the end of the day the show has one writer and it's always been that way and it always will be and that person of course is vince mcmahon yeah it, it it's all vince at the end of the day and um, you know, I don't know Bruce Pritchard at all. I've never were our paths have never crossed, except I did interview him once. I think when he was coming to Jimmy's to do a was he coming to Jimmy's seafood to do a QA? Yeah, he, or he, a did a, podcast, he did a live, live podcast, podcast, I think, right? there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Live and podcast, I, I, yeah. I interviewed him for that. It was a phone interview. It's the only time I've ever spoken to Bruce. So I, I don't know him, but what you hear other people say about him is he is the best at giving Vince what Vince wants. He knows what kind of content Vince likes, his humor, uh, how he wants to book, the, and that's what he gives him. And that's, I think, why he is now in this position that he's in as the head of creative. I, I will just say this. I, I did work with Paul Heyman. If I could have, if I if I'm the owner of a wrestling company and I can pick anyone, you know, I think in, to, to be my booker, um, you know, I, Paul Heyman's going to be at the top of my list. And no offense to Bruce, but, you know, Bruce is the guy back in the day who created such memorable characters as the goon <laughs> and um, what was it? Billy Joe Floyd or Jimmy T.L. Hopper. T.L. Hopper. Um, yeah. I mean, those were some of his his knuckleball Swartz. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'll go with I'll go with Paul Heyman. But, you know, even saying that Paul Heyman can't be Paul Heyman necessarily in right. that structure. Right. Because ultimately Vince is the ultimate decider. And, you know, I don't know what happened there. I haven't really talked to anybody recently, but Paul is a guy who's very passionate and believes in his ideas and will die on hills. And I don't think Bruce is. And I think that's the reason this change was made. I want to talk about something that I believe in, if you don't mind, uh, Kevin. And that is, yeah. I believe in Joe Hendry. Um, <laughs> Uh, is there something that can be done to lock him up to a like lifetime deal and be certain that he never gets away because he's the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of ever? I love, I love Joe Hendry. And I, 
How about that theme song? It's, Once you hear it, you can't get it out of your head. It's perfect. Am I perfect. right? Perfect. And like, dude, everything he does. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the Dolly Parton video that he did this week. Like, it. Everything Gold. is a Gold. hit. <laughs> like every single one works, and it's something that like other. I feel like there's a lot of people that could do something like this, and it would feel contrived. It it would feel almost cringeworthy, and somehow. Joe Hendry is so good that he makes all of this work. <laughs> like all he, he is he is incredibly talented. And during this time, again, where we're sort of on hiatus from live events and we want to create all this content, you know, we put it out there to all the talent. Like this is a this is an opportunity, you know, to get yourselves over and you know, whatever you want to do. Obviously everything's voluntary. And Joe was one of the guys who just jumped in head first. I started a blog. That was another thing. We, we started a blog called Honor Post. Joe was one of the first guys that said, yes, I'll, I want to write the, for, the, for the blog. And he was one of the most um, frequent posters. Uh, he started this show called Joe Versus, where he yeah. takes on uh, people in various you know contests, like a donut eating contest and stuff like that. And that's incredibly entertaining. He does all these parody songs. Uh, and some of them have gotten millions of views. So, yeah, Joe is, for my money, he is the most entertaining, versatile, well-rounded performer, using the word performer, in the wrestling business. I mean, I, you're not going to get an argument from me, dude. <laughs> I'm utterly <laughs> and completely obsessed with Joe Hendry. Um, uh, it was just, and yeah, he, te- what, he teased something with us when he was on that he was thinking about doing. The bummer is, like, it, it just hit me recently. This would have been best in the world weekend, right? Like, ugh, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Oh, it makes me sick. Um, but now I, 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 we got to reach back out to him because I have to know what he was thinking about doing that he ultimately didn't pull off. Um, all right, so you mentioned Dan House, and what else is coming up on the podcast? Well, I just taped an episode with uh, PJ Black that will drop uh, a week from this coming Monday. That's... Uh, the 29th uh the episode that drops on the 22nd is with serena deeb and um that's when we also get a little uh, cameo from Danhausen. and uh, the serena deeb uh episode is really good i don't know if you guys are, are real familiar with her but her most famous angle uh was yeah. the head shaving in the middle of the ring that she did when she joined cm punk straight edge society yeah yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. remember that. And then she 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 was in the what the second May Young Classic. Yep, she was and, in the May Young Classic in 2017. Yeah, I think she was one of the recent layoffs, right? Or yes, yeah. she was uh, a coach at the uh, Performance Center, WWE Performance Center, and uh, she was caught up in that round of uh, layoffs recently. So uh, she is now also a uh, a free agent. That's dope, man. That's dope. Uh, all right. Uh, what else is going on in your world, man? Like, I, I, you know, I know that if you guys knew like a date that you would have announced it, you wouldn't be telling me. But like, are do you feel as though there's like something closer to us being able to to, to watch Ring of Honor in some capacity again? I do. I do. I, I feel, without giving any specifics, I feel strongly that at some point this summer, you will be seeing. Ring of Honor wrestling in some form. God, I hope that's true. God, I hope that's true. <laughs> so cryptic. Uh, no, that's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. That tells me that there's. He a just plan. wants Joe Hendry in his life. I really just want Joe Hendry in my life. Like you have no idea how obsessed I am with Joe Hendry. I am such a fan. 
at the Kevin Eck, of course, on Twitter is how you follow him. And again, the ROH Strong podcast, um, which you can check it out uh, ring at rohwrestling.com. Is there, a, is there a better, more direct way for me to guide people to the podcast, Kevin? Uh, no, other. I mean, you can obviously, like you said, listen to it on the website, but it is now, as they tell me, available on all of the most popular podcast platforms. Very good. Very good. Kevin Eck, uh, we love you, man. We always appreciate it. Uh, despite the fact that it took you getting away from, from me in order for you to decide you want to be a podcaster, I'll, I'll, for, <laughs> I'll forgive that somewhere. And I appreciate you doing this, dude. Anytime, Glenn. Anytime. Thanks again to Kevin. He's awesome. We love him. Uh, check it out, the ROH Strong podcast. All right, so like earlier on, we were talking about great matches, and we were talking about how great Daniel Bryan, um, AJ Styles was, except that we didn't really talk about it, which just sort of alluded to the fact that it was great, uh, which it was, and of course it was going to be great, because it's AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. What the fuck were we going to get? Um, I, I don't know what else there is to say about it, honestly, as far as the match goes. It's, it, was a, it was a great match. Um, they're, they're set up for you to do any number of things moving forward, all on board. There was also some scuttlebutt that came out this week about AJ Styles. And I think we've always kind of known that, like, there are some questionable things about AJ Styles. Um, They've kind of, every time they've percolated, they've kind of disappeared again fairly quickly. And we've sort of, like... I, honest to God, had completely forgotten until all of this conversation popped up again that, like, the man is legitimately a flat earther. Like, I literally had completely forgotten that that was a thing that existed until AJ Styles' stories popped back up on the internet again. I I don't know. Do we know if there's a, a difference between AJ Styles' sort of crazy conspiracy theorist lunatic versus AJ Styles' complete and total asshole like do we know if there's been a line between those things at all over the past few years i mean we know that you know there's a lot of little things there was you know he was on a radio show or something so they did a call-in segment some guy calls in asks aj what he feels about being so popular in the gay community and he got all seemingly offended about that Mm. you know lots of little things like that Mm. okay okay um Apparently, this move had something to do with Paul Heyman, um, which you know obviously leads into the conversation that we had earlier, um, and that apparently Paul Heyman had been sort of dickish towards AJ Styles about the fact that he's something between a crazy lunatic conspiracy theorist and perhaps complete piece of shit. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a big range i mean it, it, is it like I, this is the problem i'm trying to be i'm trying to be careful with this i do think there can be a difference between you just being sort of nuts and thinking oddly and maybe you not being a garbage human but i, I don't know how much range there is between those two things i i feel like the crossover between the two is pretty freaking significant, right? Like, I I don't know that there are 20... Well, there was the CM Punk thing the other couple weeks ago. Remind me about that. So, the, uh, CM Punk was on Backstage. Backstage, we were talking about all of the, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff. Right. And 
I think uh, someone, I think it carried over to Twitter where someone asked, you know, there's it's so many, you know, so great to see Randy Orton doing and all these wrestlers, but conspicuously AJ Styles has been, you know, silent and mm. CM Punk said something along the lines of, well, what do you expect from him? Right. He said, like, right. we've known the story about this guy right. or something like that. Which, and then AJ came back and said, I don't care what someone like that that I don't respect says. Right. Yeah. Which, like, by the way, again... I mean, look. AJ threw out that like we're just trying to entertain the people. We don't want to get into political conversations. Comment. Yeah, I don't want to get into political conversations either. This has nothing to do with politics. <laughs> like, which is just right. It's such a it's it's what people say because they don't want to talk about it because they don't really want their true feelings to come out. Right? It's what people like, say when they know they're on the dick side of the conversation. Right, they're on the wrong side of history. Um, yeah. and that leaves us with this like. Somebody would say, well, hey, you know, you shouldn't be bullying each other, but is it really bullying if what you're pointing out is you're a huge piece of shit? Like, does that, th- this is the argument yeah, that pointing we, out a bigot is not bullying right. them. Like it's, it's showing that they're a bigot. It's this argument that we get back from people that it's like, I thought you guys were supposed to be the tolerant ones. Like, yeah, that's the idea, except that you're just a piece of shit, and we're going to call you out for just being a piece of shit. It has nothing yeah, we're to do not with We're not tolerant of you being intolerant. Right, like that whole side of it. So, I, you know, it's a tough thing because we all like AJ Styles, the performer. We all like AJ Styles, the wrestler. And you hate this feeling of like, we deal with this all the time with like art, right? Like, what was it? I watched something recently that I was struggling with. Um, but could, you know, could be just about anything. Could I know. be that 70s show. I know. Could be oh, anything. no doubt, right? Stacey no doubt. Could be. No doubt. And, like, it's it's easier for me to say, for example, and we've talked about this on openly with AJ before, right? Like, um, the Ignition Remix was one of my all-time go-to karaoke songs in my life, right? Like, it, it, to me, is perfection as a song. But I've accepted that at this point, I couldn't walk into a bar and and sing the Ignition Remix as karaoke song. I wouldn't do that. Would not do that at this point in my world. And And even in my personal life, I don't want to hit play on that on Spotify any longer. I don't want to do anything that would benefit that person in any way, right? Like, so it, it's easier for me with music. It's also easier because it's pretty much, it's way clearer that, no, that, that that's truly an uh, evil, vile, monster piece of shit, right? Versus complicated people. Um, also, say what you want to say, about Vince and what we know, you know, he's friends with the president and all that stuff. Aside from that, I think AJ Styles needs to shut his fucking mouth because other people are being affected. Now, these other people aren't AJ Styles, so that's a whole other, you know, we'll wait and see to see if he doesn't, how it's responded to. I I think he had a talking to, to be honest with you. Um, but based on what we're seeing with the Forgotten Sons, who just don't exist anymore after what right. Jackson Riker said, and what they let the New Day do on SmackDown, and um, I, I don't think it's as cut and dry as they're going to be tolerant of this anymore. Well, maybe true, but they did. I think st- we're all going to be skeptical of that. Yeah, but I, I do think it's a lot. It's a lot easier to shut down Jackson Riker than it is AJ Styles. Well, and they didn't have to give AJ Styles another championship, right? But, like if they were trying, to, if they were trying to say, "Hey, you're in a little bit of a like a Twitter Twitter timeout." Well, that was right, or, by the time that he said all this stuff. Well, not all. I, I know that we already know what we think we know about him, but yeah. when this particular thing we're talking about came up 
the match had been taped already. I I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It's it's just conflicting. It's conflicting as a professional wrestling fan to 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 be somebody that enjoys AJ Styles and then to be sitting back and worried about very hard. Yep. It is incredibly difficult. Um I, I uh, Brandon mentioned before the show. Yes, I'm on board with the new uh, faction of of Santos Escobar, Fantasma, and then um, uh, Raúl Mendoza, who's who's great. And remi- I've already forgotten who the third person was. Remind- uh, Joaquin. Yeah, Joaquin Wild. Yes. Well, those uh, guys are all really good. Yep, they're all great. So yep. they're all great. I'm on board with that. I don't know what I don't know exactly what you're doing with it. Like if it's supposed to push further than just the cruiserweight division, um, but. I'm on board with it. It's it's a it's. Look, you you, you want to have uh, Santos as the cruiserweight champ and the other two as tag champs? Yeah, just be, to bridge things. Yeah, I'd love it. Yep, yeah, I'd be on board with that for sure. There, there is something else we do need to talk about that right. we that we missed. All right, quickly. Um, and just because it's something we have talked about in the past and it sort of popped it popped up on Raw, is the potential heel turn of Apollo Cruz, and. Now I'm seeing rumors online that this is going to be like a big faction with MVP as the as the mouthpiece or the manager. Well, um, I mean, they've certainly played that up on Raw. Well, but the rumors are people that aren't on TV, like Cedric Alexander, Ricochet. Um, who else was it? It was those two, Apollo. They, they actually weren't man- mentioning Lashley as part of this. Like it's almost like he's gonna break off of Lashley, and again, this is all rumors and dirt sheet stuff. But they, I like what they did with Apollo with just having him cheat a little to win. Oh, Shelton Benjamin was the other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's who the other person was. I have a if that's if they actually are pulling the trigger, I think they have to be careful if you're going to do the, you know, yes, a, a bunch of angry black men as a heel stable. I think that's very dangerous to do right now, and I'm not sure that WWE has the touch to pull that off. No, I think we know they don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as as far as far Apollo as a heel, I kind of love the idea of, especially, and, and this is probably giving them way too much credit, but kind of because Apollo has never had success in his WWE career, kind of being like, oh, well, this is, you know, him kind of being like, oh, I'm not a heel, but this is what you do once you get a title. You do whatever you can to do it, like, I don't know any other way. I kind of like that as a character trait. I'm going to add to what you said and say, if he's the guy who thinks he's good, but isn't, that's great. Like if he's kind of like, what do you mean? Like, what's everybody getting so worked up about? Yeah. And then he keeps doing stuff like he did on, on Monday. I think that could lead to, he needs something. And I, this is, I think, I don't know if we talked about it over text or if I said it last week. He's got everything but something. And whatever that is, is the thing that's going to make or break him as a long-term TV character. Because if they don't figure that out, and if they just try to make him like this smiling, baby-faced guy that has no substance, it's not going to work. Like, we all know he's a great worker. Um, The music that they just gave him is fucking great. You know, there's something else like and his interviews aren't good. So there's something there that and, and by the way, it's completely fixable. They just have to do it. I don't disagree. I, I, I don't I don't disagree. Um, but we've said that a million times before and it hasn't it hasn't happened. So 
I, I don't know what the faith level is that I have in that being the case. All right, uh, let's wrap up for the week. Uh, anybody want to plug something? Besides Naomi. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Steve uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, at Glenn Clark Radio. Or at, go ahead, uh, Twitter, do, do, do we want to... Is there anything to talk about? We, we miss AJ. want to see him again. Was there any... He was all over TV, of course. Oh, I know. He really wants everybody to send him pictures and videos of when he's on NXT SmackDown on mm, Raw. So make point. sure you tag yeah. him in all of that Yeah, shit. that's a great point. He loves that. Very, very good point. Thank you. Keep doing that. It's a big deal for him. Um, all right. Uh, at Brandon Linton, at the AOster, at AJ Francis 410, at Glenn Clark Radio, and of course, glennclarkradio.com. Thanks again to uh, Kevin Eck for Aaron, for Brandon, for the main event. Vent. Vent. Then, AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Black Lives Matter.